When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome, everyone. Thanks for joining. Today on The Joseph Carlson Show, we're going to be discussing inflation yet again. And I know that we've been beating this drum for a while, but this is a seriously important topic. Inflation has incredibly huge impacts on the market and the economy. And we're also going to be discussing portfolio strategy. Where do you put your money in times of inflation to protect your gains and to protect your holdings? Because there are certain things that are proven to perform better than other things in times of high inflation. So we'll be looking at that as well. And another thing we're going to be doing at the end of this episode is once again, looking at the experts on TikTok, who honestly are, they're a step above what we have here on YouTube. These, uh, these experts, they have wisdom, they have experience, and they have knowledge and insight on how to gain wealth in such rapid ways, rapid wealth gain. This one, for instance, he explains how to turn $100 into 1 million by the end of one year. 100 into a million in one year. So obviously, this is worth looking at. I'm going to show this and kind of give my reaction at the end of this episode. Now, if you like this type of content and want to bring your membership to the next level, you can check out the Patreon. There's a link in the description, or it's patreon.com slash Joseph Carlson. With my Patreon, you get uh, obviously a Discord community, portfolio buy and sell notifications, live streams, dividend tracking software that, for instance, shows you your upcoming dividends. So you can see that visualized and a bunch of other stuff. So you can try that out for free. It's patreon.com slash Joseph Carlson. Okay, now let's go ahead and jump into this topic of inflation. There's two different sides to this argument. There's the side that inflation is temporary. It's because of temporary stimulus and bottlenecks in supply, and that's what's causing the inflation. The Fed Chair Jerome Powell shared this message that inflation was a temporary phenomenon the beginning of this year. This was February of 2021. As the very low readings of last March and April drop out of the 12-month calculation as we move forward this year, we expect readings on inflation to move up, that's called base effects. That'll be a temporary effect and and it it won't really signal anything. He warns investors that inflation will move up, but that is a temporary effect and it won't really signal anything. So don't be worried if inflation moves up a little bit. Now, after this, he goes on to explain his rationale, why he thinks that this is going to be a temporary effect. More importantly, though, with all the factors we've been discussing, uh, you could see spending pick up pretty substantially in the second half of the year. And that would be a good thing, of course, but it could also put upward pressure on prices. And I would just say uh, that um, essentially uh, it's not it doesn't seem likely that that would result in very large increases or that they would be persistent. We've all been living in a world for a quarter of a century and more where all of the pressures were disinflationary, you know, pushing downward on inflation. We've averaged less than two percent inflation for more than the last 25 years. Inflation dynamics do change over time, but they don't change on a dime. And so we don't really think how, see how a burst of, of, uh, of fiscal support or, or spending uh, that's not, that doesn't last for many years would actually change those inflation dynamics. We've been living in a deflationary environment for a quarter of a century. So 25 years plus, we've averaged only 2% inflation over that whole time period. And he's saying some one-time spending for one year, even though it's a lot of spending, it's not going to change the overall inflationary or deflationary environment 
on a dime. It just doesn't change that quickly. But he does go on to give the caveat that he could be wrong. And if he is wrong, the Fed does intend to use their tools to combat inflation. There's uh, uh, forecasters need to be humble and have a great deal to be humble about, frankly. But so if, if we turn if, if it does turn out that, that unwanted inflation pressures uh, arise and they're persistent, then we have the tools to deal with that and we will. If unwanted inflation does happen and it goes past their estimates, inflation rises, they do have the tools to deal with that and they will, which of course means raising the interest rates. Now, two months later, Jerome Powell was asked again about inflation and he was asked if he's changed his mind at all because there's a lot of investors now becoming even more concerned about it. They're making predictions about inflation and Jerome Powell reiterates his confidence that this isn't going to be a problem. With a little bit of context, we're making our way through an unprecedented series of events really in which a synchronized global shutdown is now giving way to widespread reopening of economies many places around the world. In the United States, fiscal and monetary policy continue to provide strong support. Vac- vaccinations are now widespread, and the economy is beginning to move ahead with real momentum. During this time of reopening, we are likely to see some upward pressure on prices, and I'll discuss why. But those pressures are likely to be temporary as they are associated with the reopening process. And an episode of one-time price increases as the economy reopens is not the same thing as and is not likely to lead to persistently higher year-over-year inflation into the future, inflation at levels that are not consistent with our goal of 2% inflation over time. Indeed, it is the Fed's job to make sure that that does not happen. He explains again confidently that these one-time price increases that you're seeing in lots of different products It's not something that's going to be sustained, and it has to do with the direct correlation of the economy reopening, as well as the fiscal stimulus that we've given out. So he says that it's going to happen. We're going to see inflation, but it will be temporary. The technical term they use is transitory, but they're just saying it's going to be a temporary phenomenon. We'll have inflation for a while, but then it will trend back down towards its normal levels. Now, Jerome Powell was correct in one thing. We definitely did see inflation. Just a couple weeks later, the price numbers came out and it was 4.2%. That was the inflation level, which was the fastest price increase since 2008. This did shock a lot of investors as this was a bigger increase than even the analysts were expecting. They were expecting more along the lines of 3.6%, not 4.2%, but they still hold that this is a temporary phenomenon. And they say at the time a year ago, the economy was hit with COVID and it caused unusually low inflation. So comparing it against one year ago, it makes this number seem a little bit bigger than it actually is. Now, of course, Jerome Powell is not the only one that believes inflation really isn't something that we need to worry about, that it's not going to be this long-term issue. Kathy Wood, the one that's running the ARK Invest Funds, recently published a paper called The Rotation from Growth into Value Stocks Has Strengthened This Bull Market. So Her funds, the ARK Invest funds, are full of highly speculative tech companies where their future profits are way out in the future. And as a result, they have been traded down and they've had a reset of their multiple over the past couple months. In fact, her fund's down 30% from its all-time highs. These are the type of stocks that get hurt in a high inflationary environment. So as investors are rotating out of these growth stocks into value, Kathy Wood is arguing that this really isn't a problem. She argues in this post that we're at more of a risk of a deflationary environment than inflation. If we are correct in our assessment that the risk to the outlook is deflation, not inflation, growth stocks in general and innovation-driven stocks in particular should be the prime beneficiaries. Now, of course, she might be a little bit biased because she's running multiple funds that are all growth stocks that get hurt by inflation, but she continues to have 
have the stance that we're at more risk of deflation than inflation. Now, while this debate's going on and people like Kathy Wood and Jerome Powell are saying that inflation isn't a big deal, it's going to be temporary, not going to be some long-term issue, we're seeing some interesting things happen with businesses. Businesses that have entry-level employees, like McDonald's, for instance, are raising their pay. They need workers and they're raising their pay. And these aren't just some small pay bumps. These are some significant pay bumps. They're going to be raising it so that if you walk into this job, you'll be earning at least $11 to $17 an hour. As an entry-level employee, no experience, $11 to $17 an hour. And then if you're a manager position, you can be earning $15 to $20 an hour. Chipotle, the restaurant chain, likewise has announced that they're raising their wages, resulting in $15 per hour average wage for their employees. And they plan on hiring 20,000 additional employees. And they even say that if you start at Chipotle, within three years, you could be earning a six-figure compensation. This is for Chipotle. This is a massive increase over what restaurants and these type of entry-level jobs typically pay people. Bank of America just recently announced that they're going to increase their minimum wage to $25 an hour by 2025. So I don't know. What do you think? Do you think that all these companies, Bank of America and Chipotle and McDonald's, all of a sudden grew a big heart over the past couple months and decided that they just want to be more charitable and they want to give back to their employees that are helping build their business? They might be doing that. It's not impossible. Maybe these companies' executives are really wanting to create a better environment for their employees and a better life. But call me a little bit skeptical. I think there's usually some other pressures that force companies to raise wages by this amount. Now, Bill Ackman, the hedge fund manager of Pershing Square Capital, was asked specifically about this topic. If he thinks that inflation is happening and if he thinks it's going to happen in the future. Sure. So I do agree. I think it's going to be inflation. I mean, you don't say there's going to be. There is inflation. <laughs> it's happening. There's wages. I mean, is that a debate between like business people who are experiencing rising prices and addressing it versus economists who are saying, oh, this is just temporary blips coming out of the pandemic? I mean, where, where do you come down on that? Yeah, I think it's not temporary. He says, yeah, I think it's not temporary. He's the first one so far that has disagreed with Jerome Powell or Kathy Wood. He believes that inflation is not temporary. And he also comments specifically about the wage increases. Uh, first of all, it's hard to roll back wages once you roll them up. I mean, right. to go from 15 to 12. You know, it's, it, so I would say we have a new baseline in terms of wages sort of generally. Uh, you look at every commodity price. Right, new hot you know, copper, lumber. You know, make your list. Look at what's going on in energy even before the colonial, uh, you know, pipeline issue. Um, look at housing prices. Look at Bitcoin. Right, everything is inflating. Now, I agree with Bill here so far. He says that everything's inflating, that it's completely visible. And I pointed out the various examples on previous episodes that we see home prices, commodities, crypto, speculative assets, everything left and right and in between is going up in price. And now we're even seeing the base level of pay for entry level employees also inflating to meet these new prices. So I agree with Bill that at least right now we're seeing a lot of inflation everywhere and some of this is not going to be reversed. The base level pay is something that will not be reversed. Now, Bill goes on to explain what he believes is going to be the result of all this inflation, and he's very confident in this prediction. And everything concentrated in a couple of quarters. So that the Federal Reserve too accommodative, do you think? I think they're going to have to raise rates for sure. The Fed is going to have to raise rates for sure. That's what he believes is the outcome of all of this inflation. Now, Bill's also kind enough to share with us how he thinks you can protect your portfolio from inflation. You want to own businesses that have pricing power and you want to own businesses where the value of the business is not going to change dramatically if rates go up. 
He explains why rising interest rates affects technology firms, especially those that are speculative and not really profitable, dramatically more negative than it does other profitable consumer goods companies. You know, what's interesting is you, if you build a discounted cash flow you know, analysis of a company and the business generates no profits for a decade and then you know, grows very rapidly thereafter, you know, a huge percentage of the value of the business is in, if you will, the the residual value of the company, you know, in, in your little DCF calculation, small changes in the discount rate you use have a very big effect on the value of that kind of a company. And so that's where the kind of high flying, you know, highly valued technology companies that are not generating much in the way of earnings today. Uh, you know, those are, I would say, the biggest risk uh, with respect to rate or rates rising. So Bill Ackman is on the side where he believes that we're definitely seeing inflation. It's not going to be a temporary thing. Interest rates are going to go up and tech stocks, at least high multiple growth stocks. So maybe not big tech, but the more speculative high multiple growth stocks that aren't really that profitable, those are going to be the primary victims. Now, this same type of question was asked to the Dean Evaluation, Aswat Damodoran. He was asked, what will happen if interest rates go up? What happens if we have inflation? Here's his opinion on the matter. I think we can live with higher real growth. If the economy does really well, I think the market can live with higher rates. If inflation is the reason rates go up, I think the effects are much more significant. I mean, I think you're going to see a significant correction in stock prices if inflation is a culprit. Well, that's not good. That's not what I want to hear. He's saying that we're going to see a significant correction in stock prices if inflation is the culprit, if that's the reason that interest rates go up. I mean, that's why people have stopped looking at growth numbers and looking at inflation numbers, because that is really the worry that markets have right now, is can we keep inflation under control? And if we cannot, then we have a real problem on our hands. Okay, so he says that we're going to have a real problem on our hands if we see this level of inflation. There's going to be a correction. Stock prices will be reset. The question is, what do we do with our money? If we really believe that we're going to have inflation, what do we do with our money? I mean, if you're going to stay in stocks, I mean, you go to the old uh, fallbacks when inflation goes up. Commodity stocks, you're probably going to go to consumer product companies, which have pricing power to pass the inflation on. He echoes the same sentiment as Bill Ackman, but he goes on to explain a more negative viewpoint. But the reality is financial assets don't do well when inflation goes up. Stocks, bonds, I mean, even real estate is tied to stocks and bonds. That was our old fallback in the 1970s. So I know I, I, I think there are really no safe places. You've got, you got to accept the fact that some of the gains you've had, and that's really the benefit you have after a long bull market is even if you lose money, you're not going back to where you were in 2010. You might be going back to where you were in 2018. And that's not a bad place to be. I think we just lose perspective because we've been in a bull market for so long. This is not what I like to hear. We might have a valuation reset. There's no safe place to hide in financial assets. We won't lose all our gains because we've been in a 10-year bull market, but we might go back to 2018. Well, Aswath, we started investing in 2018. A lot of us are brand new to the market. We've only been in this for a couple of years. I started my portfolio right at the tail end of 2017. So basically at the start of 2018, that's when I started this portfolio. So going back to 2018 would mean that I would go into the red. If we have that type of environment, if we have this type of valuation reset in the market and correction, that means that I would lose every bit of my gains. That's not something that I want to do. I don't want to lose all the gains that I've made so far over the past couple of years just because of concerns of inflation. So I want to get one more opinion on how we can protect our gains from inflation. 
Bridgewater is one of the biggest funds in the world. And the CIO, likewise with Aswat Damodaran and Bill Ackman, he also believes that the Fed is not really indicating how quickly inflation is happening. And he also gives specific instructions to investors of how to protect yourself from inflation. He outlines the biggest mistakes he thinks that investors are making right now. Mostly, we think you're, that most portfolios are too exposed to very long duration assets where the cash flows are very far in the future and um, and places that require continual Fed liquidity. So like Bill Ackman or Aswat Damodaran, he also believes that investors currently are too exposed to those high multiple growth stocks that aren't making money right now. And they're also reliant and benefiting from the liquidity that the Fed's providing. So in summary, we've seen both sides of this argument. You have Jerome Powell, you have Kathy Wood, you have a bunch of people saying that inflation is transitory. It's expected to happen right now, but it won't be a long-term sustained problem. In fact, we have a deflationary environment over the past quarter of a century, and that's what we should be worried about. Then we have the side of Bill Ackman, Aswath Damodaran, Greg Jensen, the CIO of Bridgewater, and many other people saying that inflation is happening right now, for sure, prices are up, and it's going to happen into the future. This is not a temporary phenomenon, and there's ways that you can position your portfolio in the case of this happening. Under these two different scenarios, different types of investments benefit. Under a deflationary environment, high multiple growth stocks benefit, and of course, companies that have been reliant on the Fed's liquidity. These are the companies that aren't necessarily profitable right now, and they've used a lot of this liquidity that the Fed has been providing to the market to their advantage. So in a deflationary environment, you have the high multiple growth stocks, companies reliant on the Fed. In an inflationary environment, you want consumer goods and staples, companies that can offset the inflation to some extent by passing it on to the customers. In general, you can own commodities, and you can also own physical assets or real estate. Those have been proven to work better as a hedge than most other things. But in general, like Aswath said, in inflation, most financial instruments don't really do well. There's not some great place to hide in inflation, but you can make minor tweaks to your portfolio to try to at least protect yourself as much as possible. In my portfolio, I've done some investments recently that I think will fare well, at least better than most other assets during times of inflation. For one, the type of technology companies that I'm invested in are not highly speculative, high multiple tech companies. I've primarily purchased two companies that I put the majority of my money in, Apple and Microsoft. Both of these are incredibly profitable companies. Both of them, I think, to some extent, are kind of like value companies. I've recently pointed out that Apple trades at the same multiple as the S&P 500, even though it's a highly profitable company, a lot of cash flow, it's doing share buybacks, and it's paying dividends. And outside of the highly profitable tech firms, I've been doing a lot of purchases in the income fund which is SCHD. This is Schwab's US Dividend Equity ETF. And a big part of the reason that I purchased so much of this with the proceeds of my AT&T sale is specifically because of the concern of inflation and rising interest rates. We don't have any guarantees with these investments, but these type of companies like Home Depot, Pfizer, Pepsi, Cisco, Coca-Cola, these are all highly profitable dividend-paying value stocks that typically perform better in environments of high interest rates and inflation. So I've been building up this ETF and buying more and more of it just in case we do see some levels of inflation. I think this is a better place to put your money than most other options. Now, even though I am concerned about inflation, and I do think that the Fed is going to raise their interest rates, I'm not going to go so far as to radically change my exposure by selling out of technology companies. I'm not selling out of ESPO, which has a lot of those 
tech gaming companies, a lot of those high growth gaming companies. And I'm not going to be selling out of IGV, which is an ETF that holds a lot of software companies. You could do that to lower your exposure and prepare for inflation. But I just think technology is the present and it is the future. And even though it might have some temporary valuation resets, I think overall, it's still going to continue in the same direction. I think technology will encompass a bigger and bigger portion of the equity markets. So I am making some changes to my portfolio, but I'm not going to be selling out of tech. Now, moving on, shifting gears a little bit. As I mentioned at the beginning of this video, we have one of the experts from TikTok that's not going to explain just how to make 100000 a year. He's going to explain how to make a million a year. Now, obviously, we need to listen to this advice. He has some good information to share. You're going to turn $100 into a million dollars in one year by following these steps. Here we go. All you have to do is make 20% per week on your trading account. That's all you have to do. You just have to make 20% per week in your trading account. Now, he goes on to share how simple this really is, how this is easily accomplished because there's so many stocks going up more than 20%. Which in the stock market, their stocks up hundreds of percentages every single day. Their stocks up hundreds of percentages every single day. I don't know why I'm wasting my time with Apple and Microsoft. It takes some years to move up 100%, but he knows about different stocks that are up every single day 100%. My job is going to be able to help you build a proper strategy, a proper plan, a proper process to get you to this point where you can turn $100 into a million dollars in one year. Okay, I see. That's his role in all of this is to encourage you, to guide you through this process, to kind of hold your hand and explain how to turn $100 into a million within one year. And he seems like somebody that obviously has started off with setting realistic expectations for his followers. That's the first step. And then the next step is to guide them through this process of turning $100 into a million. Really, after seeing this, I don't understand why people follow me when they have options like this online, when they have people like this that are able to generate such a vast amount of wealth in such a short amount of time. $100 into a million in 52 weeks is pretty incredible. In fact, if you have just a couple thousand dollars, if you have $2,000, right, you're already on week 18 with 52 weeks total. Now you only have what, 34 weeks left? That's pretty good. You're well on your way if you only have a couple thousand dollars. So this is a pretty incredible opportunity. By doing 20% every week, you turn $100 in a 120, 144, 172, 207. And as you can see here and up here, and then um, over here as well, it takes about 20% per week to hit those targets. I know what all of you are thinking right now. You're thinking, why didn't I think of this? That's exactly what's going through your head. Why didn't I think of this? It's really this simple. He just shared it. The secret's out. All you have to do to earn a million dollars is suddenly morph into the best investor the world has ever seen, earn consistent 20% returns for 52 weeks straight without ever suffering a loss. It's really that simple. So once again, I've been shown up by the investors on TikTok. I'm not at their level yet. I hope I can get there someday. I hope I can become as good of investors as they are. But as of right now, I'm not even close. So with that in mind, I'm going to go ahead and end this episode here. I hope you guys enjoyed it and I'll see you in the next one.